There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Major news. White Wine Question Time is going live. We're doing three shows in London's West End in the autumn. I can't believe it. And we've got some incredible guests lined up for you. So on Saturday, the 18th of September at the Leicester Square Theatre, uh, we will be doing a show with Craig Revel Horwood. Yeah. Just as you can smell the sequence of Strictly as it comes back to our screen. Then on the 9th of October... I can't believe they've all agreed to do this, but we're reuniting the cast of Grange Hill. So I've got Todd Carty, Tucker, Lee McDonald, Zamo, and Alison Valentine, who played Faye, and there'll be more to be announced. And then finally, on Saturday, the 13th of November, the cast of Dunbreeding. So Tracy Ann Oberman, Julie Graham, Tamsin Athwaite, Denise Welsh, Julie Newman will all be joining us to do a live show. Tickets are on sale now, available from the Live Nation website, Ticketmaster, or wherever you get your tickets. Come and see us! Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week, I'm so excited to have her on the show. 
She's just won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series for her role as the super sassy Rebecca Welton, the owner of fictitious Premier League football club AFC Richmond, who's hell-bent on wrecking the team as revenge against its prior owner, her cheating ex-husband, after she wins the club in their divorce settlement. As an act of sabotage, she hires possibly the loveliest of TV leading men we've seen for a while, American college football coach Ted Lasso, played by the show's creator, Jason Sudeikis, who has absolutely no experience of coaching soccer and, in fact, no actual knowledge of soccer. The show also won the top award for best comedy series and has been nominated for an incredible 20 Emmys this year, making it a breakout global success story for Apple. But... This isn't her first rodeo when it comes to international TV hits. You might also know her from her roles in Game of Thrones, Sex Education and Benidorm. But in fact, it was the West End where she came to fame, described by one critic as the Joanna Lumley of musical theatre, picking up three Olivier Award nominations for her roles in Wizard of Oz, Kiss Me Kate and Spamalot, which she also played on Broadway. Born and raised in Wandsworth, London, her mother, Melody, was an opera singer with the National Opera, as were her maternal grandparents. This is a talent she has more than inherited, as you will see if you've taken in any of her West End shows or, in fact, watch her belting them out on Ted Lasso. Now, a single mother to seven-year-old Kitty, she lives in London despite being the talk of Hollywood. Yes, it's Hannah Waddingham. <laughs> Hannah Waddingham, thank you so much. <laughs> it's completely my pleasure. Do you know what? That literally felt like an obituary. So I keep saying that. Now I know what you'll say at my funeral. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you hear it back, it's quite a life, right? I know. It makes me feel like I've actually done a bit that's been quite worthwhile. So that's good. A, a bit? Hello? Yeah. More no. than a bit? No, but you know, in your 20s and your 30s, you really, really, you judge yourself terribly. And you always worry that you're that you're not doing enough or you're not doing things right, or at least I have and mm. do. And then when you hear it all together, you think, oh, that's what I've done with the last 20 years of my life. I mean, it's quite something from, you know, the toast of the West End to the toast of the Hollywood Awards circuit. I mean, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I find that-, that really, really, really crazy. Yeah, I feel like that kind of thing happens to other people, not me. Well, can you remember? So there was the first the, the first time we met, we waitressed together, didn't we? Yes. At the Ivy restaurant. And it was a we snowy like, night in London. Do you remember? We were both like, oh my God, you look like you look like me and I look like you. What's going on? Yeah. So we'd, we'd never met before. We got put on this rotor, uh, waitressing at an, a charity event. And I'd driven through blizzards to get there, walked through the door, and there you were. And I went, oh, you look like me. And you went, oh, you look like me. I mean, we actually didn't do that. <laughs> we were like, we look like we've got slightly different dads. Yeah. But other than that, I know. We took pictures of ourselves together and everything. We like, did. Like-, like, look at us. Look, we've got evidence. <laughs> oh. Showed all my friends. I was, look, here she is. It's my sister from another mister. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> and fast forward to a couple of years later, I think it's three years later, you are sat in a hotel room in London with Juno Temple picking up the Critics' Choice Award and like looking like somebody had just slapped you in the face with, with a wet wonderful, kipper. With a wonderful wet kipper. I mean, met just absolutely crazy because 
not 30 seconds before. Because, of course, bear in mind, in COVID times, we're all on laptops and all the rest of it. And there had been a glam team that had come to the Rosewood Hotel. And I had literally just apologized to the entire glam team, just said, look, I feel so ridiculous. You've made me look all lovely and glamorous and taken all your time. And in 30 seconds time, we're literally going to put this laptop down, lid down and go home. And then they went, and the critic's choice is Hannah Waddingham. And I honestly thought I'd disappeared into my own head. <laughs> and I literally thought, speak, speak, just in case it's true. So if somebody had said to me that I just went, had a flare burn a man, a snare man, a man, for 40 seconds, I would have believed them until I watched it back and thought, oh, that's total accidental eloquence. Well, you pulled it off, but I saw Juno literally scream and have to leave the room. Yeah, she ran into the bathroom and was rugby tackled by someone else to shut up. <laughs> and then once it had finished, she landed on me. Do you remember those little kind of furry koala clips that kids used to put on? She landed on me like a little koala they, clip. Yeah, they were called cheekaboos. There we go. One of those. She landed on me <laughs> like a cheekaboo and didn't get off for about half an hour. Didn't but stop it, squealing. I mean, it is just so glorious. You're you're about to head into the Emmys and Ted Lasso has 20 nominations this year. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, the most nominated show in history with 32 nominations you were in, Game of Thrones. Oh, was it? Oh, wow. That's camp, yeah. isn't it? It's brilliant. I mean, and this, do you know what the beauty about this is? We are the most nominated, Emmy nominated for a freshman comedy in Emmy history. And the thing that's lovely is we've all been nominated individually, which is really quite in keeping with the show because we are, including Jason, it's it's an absolute team effort. And so that would have been a bit orcs if uh, if somebody had been left out. I mean, it, it's what a spread. And like you say, it's, it's a freshman show. So that means you've been nominated for this many awards on your first season out. First outing, yeah. 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 Right. It's just crazy. I mean, and something that I didn't remotely see coming at all. I thought, oh, we're going out for a lovely jolly in LA. We're going to, we've got the season premiere and Jason and the show will undoubtedly be nominated. And so they should be. And so that day I was just like, my manager went, we'll meet up, we'll have breakfast. And I went, no, we won't. I'm just going to chill my beans and get ready to go, hey, that the show's been nominated. I mean, not for a second thinking that I would be nominated or that all of us would be. It's brilliant. Just I mean, crazy. What, a, what a moment. And I know that you had, before you got, you got this role in Ted Lasso, you were struggling with the same kind of juggling act that most single parents do, which is you want to work. Of course you want to work. You've got to work, but you can't be overseas for long periods because you've got a daughter back here in London. So that yeah. was tricky for you, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and I had actually said to them, I had been shooting Krypton for Warner Brothers out in Belfast, just Belfast. But, um, my daughter, uh, became ill suddenly and randomly. And we still don't quite know why she had a thing called HSP, which for anyone who knows what that's like, it's really horrific. Um, and when she got ill suddenly, I couldn't get home. Even though I was only in Belfast, the last flight had left that night. Even though I'd spoken to her half an hour earlier, she was absolutely fine. She then woke up, suddenly had all these kind of giraffe splats of brown on her legs, which turned out to be the capillaries bursting on her little leggies, and was vomiting oh and all the rest of it. And I couldn't get back to her. I tried to charter a helicopter. The producers tried to get me on some boat over there, and I couldn't get back. And I finally got back the following morning. I got the first flight out. 
And of course, I arrive at the, at the hospital and she's going, Mummy, look, the bed goes up and down and tips forward and the legs go up. And she was fine-ish. Um, but it, it kind of went on for a few months. But I said to my management, both here and in LA, on a conference call that day, I said, this is not happening again. Whether that means that I have to, you know, dumb down what I'm doing or be less committed to, to work that might have a possibility of taking me abroad or whatever, I'm perfectly happy to be here, to be doing bits and pieces. I'll do concerts, I'll do voiceovers, I'll do, you know, and, and that, that would be brilliant for any actor, but where they were wanting to take me and where they felt I was moving into, the phone went silent. And I said, look, I, I get it. I, I don't want it this way either, but I am first and foremost a mum and more importantly, a single mum. And I'm happy with that decision. And literally like a month later when my girl was getting better, I stood outside my gar- in my garden and I looked up at the sky. This is no word of a lie. And I just went, do you know what? Thank you so much for pulling her through this. And I don't take it lightly that you've made my daughter better. I know it's going to be dormant in her system for, they've said till she's about 10. Um, But I'm really grateful. Is there any way you could give me something that will really just fill our lives and let me do things with her? And as a single mum, will keep us financially. And also, can I be so cheeky as to say, can, could it be something that shows everything that I can do and things that I don't feel like I've been able to do yet? Um, and is there any way it could just be here and maybe around the corner? And I'm not joking, within two months, the audition came in for Ted Lasso that shoots 40 minutes away from my house. I mean, I, I mean, honestly. Mental, completely mental. Ask the universe, people, it works. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when you told me that, it was like, from one single mother to another, I was like, oh my God, that's the greatest gift. Yeah. You can be both. You don't, it, it, you don't have to sacrifice one for the no. other. And I've only done it once before. And that was when I was having a hard time with a bloke. And, uh, and I did the same thing. I was like, I think it's probably best if that person jogs on. <laughs> and it worked then as well. Did it? Yeah, I think oh, you God. have to really, really mean it and let it in or let whatever that message is out. And I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's too much of a coincidence. Manifestation though, isn't it? You yeah, keep saying yeah. it, you put it out there. If you will it and want it and yeah. are open to it, then yeah. you know somebody comes somebody crosses your path kind of brings me to my first question because i was so thrilled when i read that jason had gone out on a limb to get you your role in ted lasso um i know that they'd seen other people for the role and he liked you and had to kind of convince apple you know them who are let's call it for what it is a big hollywood studio now and convince them that you don't need a marquee name for this this role. You need the right person for this role, and I've got her. And he really yeah. went out on a limb for you. He wasn't. He? he wasn't having any of it. He was. Um, he just said that when he and I met, I was I was called out to LA for a chemistry read with him, and I just thought, oh well, this will go to as I call one of the famouses, and, <laughs> and it was really good. Them? Yeah, the famouses. <laughs> Oh, it's the famouses, famouses. You're, you're um, one of them now. Because I've been, you know me, I'm that, that's never going to wash with me. I'm just, no. For me, I'm a jobbing actress to a greater or lesser extent and that's it and that's fine for me. Because I think, I feel like if I let 
anything else, if I let any la-di-da stuff in, I feel like the quality of my work will suffer. And that's the honest truth. So no, that not for me, not for me, the whole the whole famousy thing, celebrity thing, is what I say to that. Um, but I went over for this um, chemistry read with him and we just immediately got on like a house on fire on a very low key, you know, hello, hello, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing this. Have they told you much about it? And I was like, no. And he went, what, we've, we've just sent you the scenes? I was like, yeah, just the Rebecca scenes. They had no clue about uh, the Rupert character, no clue about what she and Ted would mean to each other, no clue about Keely. And I think just on a very basic level, Jason and I just got on. And he obviously liked what I did. And then when I came home, I didn't hear anything for ages. And I just thought, okay, well, that was that. I know I couldn't have done any better with the material. I felt the character really ripple through my bloodstream. And I thought, okay, well, they've gone for a famouser. And that's that's fine. Um, but apparently, no, he had just gone. I, I knew it was her when she walked in the room. And why why do you need to go for someone else when she is how I imagined her sounding, sounding, how I imagined her looking? Wow. Done. And he didn't care that I was taller than him in heels either, if you notice. I hadn't, do you know what? I hadn't noticed. He doesn't care. And when the costume designer said, look, I, Hannah would like to, because I, a part of it for me was, even though I didn't want her to apologize for her height, I wanted her to also use it as a tool to pretend that she's stronger than she is. Yeah, which she does. Yeah. So She I makes like, herself big, doesn't she? Yeah, she makes yeah. herself big. So I yeah. want her in a, like a four-inch heel, even though I'm 5'11 in my stocking feet. So that makes me like 6'2", nearly 6'3", which is taller yeah. than him. And he was like, let her wear what she wants. I love high heels. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that was that was that. He was totally, totally cool with it and has continued like that. And if you look at the episodes, he shines the light all over the place away from himself. He really does, actually. He's, yeah, he really and, does. And he 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 gives us a really lovable leading man. Uh, you know, there's there's something almost Tom Hanks about the way he delivers that role, mm. that ability to be just. So endearing and charming. But he, he gives that to all of his characters. It's a really clever piece, Ted Lasso. And I understand entirely why millions of people around the world are gobbling it up. And I, I wondered, before Jason crossed your path, has anybody else featured in your life that's enabled you to go on to do something bigger, better, greater, to be more? Somebody that's also put themselves out for you. Yeah, in, in fact... Um, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, the two exec producers and creators of Game of Thrones, did just that both for Thrones and for Ted Lasso. And not really? many people know that. Yeah, that in, in a moment of, of wanting to um, push the ball over the line, um, David Benioff and Dan Weiss kind of butted in and went, why are you even questioning it? Wow. Give it to her. Yeah. So when you yeah. went up for Thrones, it was already established. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't oh like you were doing anything from scratch. It was huge. It was so established. And because I'd been doing theatre, I wasn't, I was aware of it, of course. But I had been so busy doing theatre and eight shows a week and just, you know, it's, it's hardcore doing theatre. It really is. It's a vocation very much. 
And so I knew of it, of course. So it was season five that I went into. And when I went for the audition for it, I don't know if I've ever told you this, I was nearly eight and a half months pregnant, like pregnant from the cheekbones out. You know when your face joins in in the last yeah. month? <laughs> face and ankles. I was, I was like that. My ankle, I literally looked like a case study. My feet were like a case study. And, um, and I walked in and honestly, I genuinely thought I was in the wrong place because all the women were like 70 odd and about five foot two. And about 20 foot wide. And I was like, right. I appreciate that I'm pregnant at the moment, but I'm definitely in the wrong casting. And apparently I'd been put in as the wild card. Really? Yeah. So when I went in for the meeting and met David and Dan, um, I was a bit like, hello. I don't really know why I'm here. And I know nothing about Game of Thrones. <laughs> because and I'm I'd really pregnant. And I'm so pregnant, I might have an accident right here. Um, <laughs> and I just went, I just went, I don't, they said, um, so you know about Cersei? And I went, I really don't. I really don't. And they said, oh, well, you know, she's the, she's the queen. Blah, blah, blah. And this woman is the first woman who's ever kind of come up against her and not been affected by Cersei. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> so I did the did the casting and it was it was really lovely because Nina Gold, the casting director, I just kind of went, oh anyway, thanks for seeing me. And I accidentally smacked the 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 ladle, a wooden ladle on the casting assistant's leg, and in the middle of the take, when I meant to be really nasty, I went, Oh my god, darling, are you all right? And when I came back from my recall, David Benioff and Dan Weiss just went, that made us laugh so much. It was like you were this menacing person who's going to kill someone, and then you turned into Joanna Lumley suddenly. <laughs> I was like, well, yes, that's me, acty person, and then the real me being quite concerned that I'd literally just smacked the shit out of this woman's ankle <laughs> arm on her shin. But that moment, really, you think about it, it's so pivotal because that ignited something in them for you, which then led not, not only to Thrones but to Ted Lasso. I mean, yeah. And I literally, I'm not joking, I went along to that casting for Game of Thrones as a kind of, hello, I didn't want to miss the casting. I clearly can't help you out at the moment because I'm about <laughs> to give birth, but I just wanted to come and say hello for next time, which I think a lot of actors would do. You know, I know mm -hmm. I'm not particularly right for this, but I'm coming and say hello for next time. And Nina Gold came chasing out after me and went, oh, do you think, I mean, this shoots in nine weeks. Is this something you'd consider? And I was literally like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> little little yeah. did you know. I mean, and I just went, I, I literally went home to one of my best mates and went, right, if this happens, you're coming with me to Dubrovnik. And she went, when? And I went, imminently. <laughs> nine weeks. <laughs> yeah. And so my daughter was nine, she was eight weeks old when I went out there with my friend and had the really embarrassing moment of, being in my um, wimple and habit, nun's habit, <laughs> and I could hear my daughter crying, like uh. off stage, as it were, behind a building for that first part of the walk of shame. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to start Lip lactating through my hair. Yeah. Because <laughs> the moment you hear them cry, your boobs, your boobs speak back. Oh my back. God. I thought they're literally, it's going to be like, da, 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 da. Oh God. But thankfully not. But if, when I look at that first part of the Walk of Shame and Lena, who's been a great pal ever since, Lena Headey was just like, baby, you all right? And I went, not really. I'm really <laughs> suffering like postpartum. <laughs> I mean, that's hard going back. It was. I, I went back and did one sort of five-day show 
when when my son was 10 weeks old and I remember putting myself in two pairs of spanks to do it whilst breastfeeding and I literally just it what what was what was good about it was it taught me that I'm not ready to go yet yeah but you just once you've signed up you feel you've got to get on with it yeah and I thought I thought also because I knew that I had wanted to step away a bit from theatre because I didn't want to be out six nights a week, eight shows a week, um, away from the little person that I had waited so long for when I was told I couldn't have children previously. So were you really? Yeah, just kind of by accident, really. I I did my um, medical for Benidorm. And I got a letter back saying, you know, blood type this, blah, blah, that, blah, 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 fertility low, da, da, da. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? It was just on a form. Wow. And yeah, I was just told that oh it, it would be unlikely for me to conceive. So then when I did, she, you know, she's a, she's a precious little thing that was meant to come to me. And I thought, okay, I need to, I need to be with this little precious love that's been given to me. Um, and so I'm really mindful always and so appreciative that the door for screen work swung open to me when it did, um, you know, just before I was, so I was doing Kiss Me Kate at the Old Vic and then I had um, Darren Litton ask me to come on board for Benidorm. And that kind of, I mean, I have to kind of credit Darren as well for for letting me in, um, certainly into comedy. Um and it was after that, during Benidorm, I, I got that that um, uh, medical thing through. And during Benidorm, I was on a mission to, to find out a way. And I went down the homeopathic route and that seemed to work. Wow, really? Mm. I mean, that must be, when you read something like that and you're not expecting it, it must have knocked you off your feet. Oh, I was absolutely tunnel vision couldn't think of anything else and her dad actually at the time was just like look if this isn't for us it isn't for us and I was like no 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 no. there's nothing wrong with me there's no and he went well you know it doesn't always work like that and I was like I know it doesn't work like that I'm just (laughs) saying I'm not ready to you know give up on this I need to I need to see what's happening here and and gosh the the blessing that I was one of those women that it did turn around for I know two or three of my girlfriends haven't had that privilege so I'm acutely aware of the privilege that it is um and that at that point I just thought right if I can if I can avoid it if I can avoid being away from her you know one of my favorite things in the whole world is bath books and bed so um that's that's what I did and and I feel like I've I've been extended that luxury and so, you know, all the lovely awards and and being in great shows is totally the icing on the cake for me and something I don't take for granted either. I don't I don't think I would ever get above myself because like you said at the beginning, um, I've struggled as much as the next person in different well, you ways. Were 18 years in the West End. That God. that is I Was mean I? that Jesus. Yeah, Eighteen years that <laughs> That's some striped you, but I was only twelve when I started. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> so I mean, those guys ended up changing everything really for you, didn't they? Yeah, and they did. Darren as well. It's, it's yeah, people taking a chance, isn't it? It's people going out of the way and going. Talent prevails, and I think this person has the talent that I need for this role, and I don't care about profile or yes, cred. because no. actually, Darren, I know, had the same trouble 
that ITV were going, well, she's not famous. And he was like, no, but I want her. And you just think, well, hold on a minute. And I don't find the same problem in America at all. Um, it's like there's been a, a reluctance to kind of let me in. And you're saying, okay, okay, okay. Well, for a long while, I was thinking, okay, they can't see past the fact that I've done theatre. Whereas in America, um, if you do theatre and certainly musical theatre, they think, my God, they're a triple threat. Let's get them yeah. into anything. Whereas it's celebrated. Here, it's not the same now, I don't think. I think casting directors here are now far more open to musical theatre people stepping in front of the camera. But certainly back then, we're talking eight, ten years ago, um, it was absolutely impenetrable. Yeah. And and yet in you came. And now look. Battering down the door. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to leave until yeah. you see me. I'm not going quietly. But, you know, and then, and then Lasso comes along. And not only is it a great show, it's on your doorstep. It, I mean... You can't, you can't dream this stuff, can you? No. Where, well, actually, where's it shot? It's shot in Richmond. And funnily enough, when I went over for the for the chemistry read with Jason, I didn't actually know that. I went along. I had said to my management, right, I'll go along. But they didn't know it either. So they were like, well, look, okay, go along. It's great to meet Jason. Um, and Bill Rubel um, was there as well, um, one of our writers. And I just thought, okay. So I went along for four days and had a lovely time and had tapas with mates from uh, 12 Monkeys that I did previously. And uh, and I was just like, okay. And I think because I took it with a pinch of salt and fully didn't think I was going to get it, I was probably more relaxed. And then in the conversation, I said to Jason, I was like, okay, so one thing I do know is that she's the owner of a football team, but and I and I I know that it's you know based somewhere like in the UK, but where are you shooting it? And he went um, Richmond, and I went Richmond, ri- what like ri- what do you mean where? And he went in in Surrey, and I went Richmond in Surrey. What Richmond? That's forty minutes from my house, thirty minutes if that. <laughs> and he went, yeah. Well, if it's set in Richmond, then I suppose we should be there. I mean, he's such a cool cat, and I was like, right. Oh, God. <laughs> I really want this now. Yeah. <laughs> I literally at the end of my meeting with him, which I think had probably gone quite well because we were in the room together for two hours. Two hours is good. Yeah. And then at the end of it, Bill Rubel, this chap I was just talking about, one of our main writers, said um, in the darkness, like a voice in the dark, went, oh, by the way, I love you in your musicals. I've seen you in this. I've seen you in that. And I went, oh, you know, like blinking through the light. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And as we left the room, um, I said to our, our casting director, Kimberly, I went, um, but Rebecca doesn't sing, does she? And Jason was walking in front of us and, he, and under his breath, he went, she does now. And I was like. <laughs> and she does. <laughs> I mean, she gets the great Christmas tune, but also she gets the karaoke where she sings, let it go. And mm. that is not an easy song. And you absolutely, I mean, your your family are incredibly musical, but Wow, you've got some lungs on you. It's oh, so exciting when you sing. Yeah, but I didn't want to sing that. Did I tell you that? I didn't want no. to sing Let It Go. Well, I, I saw it said, and Rebecca sings Let It Go in the karaoke. I thought that was just like, and Rebecca sings something. And then when I went, so what am I going to be singing? Uh, and Jason went, uh, Let It Go from Frozen. And I went, are you, are you joking? And he went, 
no, oh, why not? It's, it's like the perfect song, the perfect moment. And I went, that, I've avo- as a professional singer, I've avoided that song ever since it came out about five years ago. And if there's been a concert where they've asked me to sing it, I've gone, no, I'm not doing that one. Because, you know, it's been sung so brilliantly and sung to death by everyone else since. And I thought, oh, come on, you're really putting my back against the wall with this one. And um, he, he was so cool. He went, okay, okay, go off into your dressing room. And if you can find me a better song that's the perfect Venn diagram moment for your character, for my character, for Nora, your goddaughter being reintroduced, you know, the song that you and she would have sung together when she was younger, all of that. I was like, fine, I will then. I will. I'm going to find something better. And I went into my trailer and I was like, and I was thinking, you know, reflections from, uh, I think it's Mulan or what. And I was just like, oh, God, he, of He's course, right. he found the perfect song. Yeah. yeah. And then I sang it for about 10 hours in that karaoke place. <laughs> and I've cursed him ever since. <laughs> 10 hours. Honestly. Oh, but, it, but it's good. You showed yourself in the, the finest of lights. At the end, I was like, let it go! <laughs> <laughs> Horse. Yeah, horse. Like, please tell me one of those takes was nice. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This kind of takes me really nicely to my next question because I know that at times you have truly suffered for your art. In in Thrones, tell me if this is 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 the details right on this. Did you not spend ten hours strapped to a table while Lena Headey waterboarded you with wine? Yeah, wine boarded me. Yeah, Which, wine boarded. The other day, I was at uh, David Benioff's birthday, and we were all discussing that because recently it's been. Uh, spoken about in the press that I I said that I would, uh, you know, I was waterboarded for 10 hours and why it was the worst day of my life other than childbirth. What I actually said was it was next to 
child with, but I would 100% do it again because you know that they're not actually going to kill you and it makes amazing television. Was it massively uncomfortable and easily the worst day other than my grueling childhood? Yes. <laughs> and I don't care who knows it. And they all know it. But also in Lasso, I mean, you've eaten more dry biscuits than a drunk student doing the cracker challenge. Man, they are dry. <laughs> oh my God. They are like literally, you know, like making your gums become your top lip. <laughs> Really, although they are better this season because I've complained so globally about them that I, the first bite I took, I was like, oh, that is distinctly more buttery and sugary. <laughs> but I've just complained so much. But it's my fault in the first place because I decided she should be an emotional eater. <laughs> Once she found them, they're like her, you know. Kryptonite. No, not her, kryptonite. Not kryptonite. What's the opposite? The opposite, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that. That, 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 that. That's her thing. So... You know, the the um, the props department were like, my God, we didn't know you were going to go at them like some depraved truffle hound. <laughs> <laughs> Which you did. So th- yeah. there's some examples of how you've suffered for your heart, but I'm sure with 18 years in the West End and all of the, the amazing work you've done on screen, there's got to be other examples where you've really, really taken one for the team in the name of, of, of you know, your profession and your art. How about having a live mouse in my costume on stage? Why? Uh, Because the um, uh, the theatre where I did Spamalot. Oh, my God. See, what were we talking about earlier? (laughs) Perimenopausal brain fog. Perimenopausal moments. Oh, I've got a brilliant story for you. And it's just going to fall out of my head onto the floor. There it goes. Bye. (laughs) Off I go. Yeah. Welcome to my life. Cambridge theatre, is it? No, it's not the Cambridge. Oh, which one is it? <laughs> one of London's finest theatres. <laughs> Where I was for a year and a half. <laughs> Can't remember. Oh my God, everyone's just going to be like, seriously, these two dippy blondes. Um, anyway, there, um, yes. I, um, I, was, I used to have to go sub-stage. I used to be taken down, you know, in the trap door, as you do, and then I would have to fling things off inside the, the trap. To and change. Then, Yep, because I had a 47-second change before I had to go back up to the floor again holding the grail. Yeah. You're a rock star. So it became became like a thing of me helping the costume department, so I'd try and be flinging things off. And my dress for the next section would always be kind of wrunkled up and left in a pool on the floor for me to step into, and then I'd get my arms into it while I was putting on a headdress, you know. And the mouse must have got in between... (sighs) the lining and the outer part of the dress. So it got up to here, up to like armpit level. So when I went back up, we hadn't noticed because we were also quick, quick, quick. When I went back up through the floor and I'm holding the grail and then there's all the, the female ensemble going, ah, <laughs> and I'm just going up and I can feel this. <laughs> and in my head, I thought, Oh, my, my shoulder must be spasming because I'm holding, I'm, you know, I've got quite bad muscle strain always from holding the grail above my head. And so my brain told me it was a muscle spasm and I moved across to sing in lovely Tim Curry's um, face and it stopped. And I thought, oh, it's just my muscle spasm stopped. And then cut to two days later, there was this acrid stench in my dressing room. And I was thinking, what? Is, there must be like dead mice in it. And my brain suddenly went, 
it's it's worse near me. I took off my costume, <laughs> flicked it, and a dead mouse flung itself across the room, smacked against the wall and landed on the floor. So I'd had it in my costume with it alive once and had either deafened it or squashed it or both <laughs> and had it dead in my costume for two days. And that was also a matinee day, so it's three performances. Oh, that's disgusting. Rank. You might have killed it by, by, by song. Deafening it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's truly gross. Isn't that grim? That's disgusting. I mean, seriously revolting. Really, really revolting. And the next day I was like, can I just check that my, my costume has been dry cleaned? And the company manager went, oh, I'd have thought so. And I went, no, 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 no. I want to see a dry cleaning little label with the safety pin attached. Do you know that <laughs> bit of paper? I want to see proof. I'm not stepping back into that. Oh, it's absolutely rancid. And then people have kind of recounted that to me and gone, oh my God, did you hear about that girl who had a... I was like, yes, yes, that was me. Oh, I love it when something becomes like mythical legend. Yes, urban myth, yeah. It really is. Yeah. You got, yeah. I mean, you couldn't make that up. And then, of course, all our gorgeous gay boys in the show were like, hickory dickory dark, a mouse ran up your frock. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not all they sang. <laughs> <laughs> Now, my final question to you is all about the power of one word, because tell me again if I've got this wrong, but was your audition for Game of Thrones, did it involve you just saying the word shame? No. That's no. There you go. It was the scene. It was just one scene. It was the scene with the ladle when I'm giving her water and then she goes, you know, I can make you a wealthy woman. And I smack around the face with a ladle. <laughs> Good that day. one. And I go, confess. It was confess is what I was saying. Confess. 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 And when we actually shot it, I actually added, bear in mind, we, we actually dropped out the real ladle and put a rubber one in. So it was never going to hurt her, hurt her. But, you know, I added an extra slap around her face. <laughs> and, oh, my God, Lena, it was, it was like her jaw was in a different pose, like, <laughs> looking at me like, I'll so get you and they shout cut. <laughs> and I got into it too much in the audition and flung this wooden spoon at the shin of the casting director. And that's when I went, oh, my God, darling, I'm so sorry. You were right. Yeah, it was that scene. Nothing to do with the shame. And the only time I kind of went through that with brilliant David Nutter, the director of the Walk of Atonement, um, he just went, I know that this is ridiculous, um, but I just, and I know you're a singer, but I just wanted to check with you. We need to find a very definite tone and rhythm for you to say that, that she will have used all her life to make what she thinks are vile, revolting people atone for their behavior. So it's a very well-versed, monotonous and terrifying tone. It's almost like, you know, the death toll ringing through there. And people will have heard that same repetitive and they'll have known that Septa Unella is the one that does it. And her, the fear in others comes from hearing that tone walking through the streets and I went, what, like this? And I did it. And he went, yeah, that, that was the shortest meeting ever. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. That was it. 
So, because I yeah. thought that you'd nailed it on one word, obviously not. Um, but I just wanted to know, is there any time in your life when just the use of a single word has been incredibly meaningful or powerful? Ooh, what that I've had to say in an audition? Or that's been said to you, is it a yes? Is it a no? Is it a, I mean, where, wherever you stand in life, it could be at work, it could be in your personal life, but where, where the use of one word has gone on to kind of change things up incredibly. Uh, actually, while you're saying that, if you think about it, actually earlier than that, my my English teacher, who also used to kind of do drama, I went to a very academic school, so it wasn't necessarily like drama teacher, but he would kind of double up as our drama teacher, the English teacher, would, Mr. Woolley, his name was. And he knew that I'd got into drama school. And actually, funny enough, that makes me a bit shivery you saying that. He said to me, I see great things for you, Hannah, and I want to give you one word, and that is humility. Oh. And I've only just remembered that. Oh, isn't that lovely? Yeah. And hasn't that served you well? And I remember thinking, okay, what does that mean? Oh, <laughs> I just felt 17. It. I was literally, I think, 17, just about to turn 18. And I was very taken with him. I, I found him fascinating. And he was fascinating in a hugely talented, quiet way. And so, and I'll never forget it. We were like literally in a corridor and he had books in his arms, like a proper kind of professor. And he went, I've just heard you've got into drama school, which I know the headmistress is not pleased about because she wanted me to go and read um, at university. And, And he went, good for you. But always remember the key to that existence is humility. Oh, how lovely is that? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it great when you revisit those moments and you go, Yeah, thank wow. you for jogging my memory about that one. Yeah. 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 And it has it has seen you well, humility. I think so. I think so. I'm always mindful of that. Um, and like you say, and like we were talking about earlier, you know, the, the lovely things that are happening nominations and the show doing brilliantly and more people stopping me in the street. Does it make me a different person? No, because I walk through my front door and I'm still a single mom and looking after my girl and it could absolutely all end tomorrow. And I'm mindful of that always. Yeah, but when you've been doing it this long and it and it's not come overnight, you learn to value it. You enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you do. I hope, you know, I hope you're able to enjoy some of these moments because I think the later in life success visits us, the more we're able to kind of nourish our souls with it and not let it destroy us. Yeah, I think so. And because I didn't come from money, it's never been the be all and end all. And when some comes, um, I don't take it lightly and I try and put it to good use. And so, yeah, I mean... Like you say, finding more notoriety later on in your career, I think is perhaps no bad thing. And I certainly don't think I would have been able to play this part of Rebecca Welton when I was younger and hadn't been through, been through heartache and, and all of that kind of thing. So I do think things plop into your life when they're meant to. Yeah. Yeah, it's just sometimes I wish we could go back and go, don't worry, there's something really great just up ahead. Absolutely, and just enjoy the moment that you're in and you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, if you could just have that, it would make the world a difference, wouldn't it? Oh, I would have gone out and got hammered more. (laughs) (laughs) Touché. Yeah, sort of constantly thinking, look after the boys. (laughs) 
Yeah, got to protect. Yeah, got to go to bed. Work tomorrow. Yeah. Eight shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so conscientious. But that's again part of the humility, isn't it? Yeah. I'm talking of which, are you going out to LA for the Emmys? Is, is I am. Is there... I am crazy, and uh, the thing I love is that you know myself and the glorious Juno Temple are nominated in the same category, and you know even though she has been a child star and always worked consistently. I don't know who was more shocked, me or her. I was certainly, definitely more pleased for her and for Jeremy Swift, who plays Higgins, because they are the most unassuming, lovely, joyous souls I've met in recent times. And Juno and I were each other's second phone call. I rang my parents and then I rang her and she was calling me. So one of us was engaged and... And she oh. went, will you be my date? And I went, obviously. And she was like, thanks. <laughs> oh, it's, but, but I mean, like, yeah, you, you, you cannot write it, can you? You know, a show comes out of the traps. It captures the heart of not just, you know, our, the audiences here in the UK where football's a thing. It transcends football, Ted Lasso. I mean, that's just that kind of... Yeah, that's it. really kind of just a backdrop, I think. Yeah, it is. It's, it gives a spine to the show from which everything else hangs. But it's global. I mean, the show has really touched people. And you're seeing that now in the way it's coming back to you with some of that industry recognition. Yeah, but it must be crazy. It, it must feel like a fairy tale. It does. And I'm actually... I I wouldn't have thought this when I was younger. If somebody said, oh, you'll, you'll be in something that, that takes you to places you never thought you would reach when you're 47. I would have just gone, oh God, have I got to wait that long? (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I I mean it when I say I'm glad it didn't come along any earlier because I don't think I would have been able to receive it in any way, in front or behind the camera. I know, I see you on the cover of Variety magazine, like the cover of Variety (laughs) magazine. And I was like, shut up. It's Hannah on the cover of Variety. She's all over Hollywood. It's just oh, Honestly, I just, I watched back my Critics' Choice um, acceptance speech once and I just thought, good God, you are undoubtedly the most ridiculous person that's ever <laughs> graced the Hollywood setting. Not at all. Not at all. It's it's just a wonderful thing, and and long may it continue. So Lasso's back, obviously. I mean, Apple are not going to not continue with this. No, we start shooting season three in January. Thank goodness, and it's still shot here in the UK. Yeah, man. Amazing. Well, it's got to. I mean, and the cast. What I love as well is it's and and I think you know you tell me if this is down to Jason um, or not. But there's a lot of new actors coming through in that cast that I hadn't seen in lots of other things. So he's putting a lot of people um, that that wouldn't have been seen or heard otherwise right in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. He's literally gone. I mean, I have to say that that does come down to Theo Park, our UK casting director, and Kimberly Pope in, in the US. They have found people that are, and this should happen more often because I don't know about you, but you see the same faces constantly, Mm. I think, on British television. And that was my frustration. I feel like I had to jump over to the other side of the pond in order to get recognized. And I don't think that's right, personally. Um, And they've found people here that are just right for the job. And it doesn't matter whether whether they've had this amount of credits or, you know, what the price on their head is or whatever. They've just gone, that person's right. Because guess what? They're right for exactly. it. Exactly. 
I mean, yeah. the, Ellie, who plays Sassy, your best friend in it. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, she's a, a great stand-up here. I really love Ellie Taylor. And then suddenly she pops up and was like, yes! And, and she fits right in. the part from the word yes. go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, really good to see. And also he's lovely because he, you know, he serves the cast and serves the story at the same time. If you notice in season two, everyone has more to do. Yeah. Everyone. Not a lot about him. And I'm waiting to find out what's happening with his divorce. Is he okay? I know he had a one night stand with Sassy, but maybe he could go back there again. She oh, seems quite you know game. I just think that, yes, yeah, Sassy's definitely game. The thing that I love is that it seems to me that it, it almost, it's like the, our writer's room are an absolute bunch of Jedi Knights. They are just incredible writers. And they seem to get the ebb and flow. If you think about it, we've got like 30 minutes odd to, to tell a story, to further the story. And it feels like they just serve every character with light and shade brilliantly. It doesn't seem, you know, it doesn't just follow Ted or just follow Rebecca or just follow Roy or whatever. You suddenly get... Oh, Roy. Characters bubbling up. Roy. <laughs> Roy's just genius. I mean, Roy, Roy. Is, Roy's Roy Keane, right? Well, um, Roy and Brett Goldstein, who's created him. I mean, for him to be in the writer's room and basically responsible for any British reference there is, really. I mean, he is just... I'm so glad. But there you go. Then again, Brett Goldstein, stand-up, known as a stand-up in this country and writer. And yet it's taken this for people to go, oh, my God, he's a really good actor as well, isn't he? So he writes on the show as well. Yeah, he's one of the main writers. My God, do you know, I did not know that. And yeah. now I just love him all He the writes more. whole episodes. I mean, the growling, <laughs> the oh. relationship with his niece is just brilliant. And the thing that's so funny is in real life, he is undoubtedly the smiliest, silliest sausage <laughs> I've ever met. Yeah. Oh, he's so delicious. How, so how did he end up on the writing team for this? Now I'm all intrigued. I think, I think um, uh, Bill Lawrence, our exec producer who... Um, produced amongst other things of course uh the brilliant scrubs um mm. he invited him onto the um wow. writing into the writer's room and then they'd finished i know i'm not speaking out of turn because i've heard brett talk about it himself they'd finished writing the whole of season one and on the last day he thought i know that i can serve roy well there had been no word of him being in the cast he sent them all an email with a link to him doing the scenes as Roy. And he went, here you go. This is my take on Roy Kent. If you think it's great, great. If you don't, we need never talk about this ever again. <laughs> no. Yes. Wow. And they were all just like, that's Roy Kent. <laughs> because he doesn't talk like that either in real life. He doesn't talk all that. He's got a much more high pitch. Well, not high pitch, not like helium high pitch, but he's got a completely different voice in real life. But this all <laughs> plays into the spirit of the show and maybe I'm yeah. just like, like over fanning it here. But, you know, there's moments like Christmas Day with the secret Santa in the, in, in the, you know, in the changing rooms. The camaraderie is, 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 is tangible. You can it's feel totally it. It's totally real. Like recently, Jeremy Swift, who plays Higgins, had his birthday and we all went, all of us. Oh. So there's a whole football team moshing around with all, you know, with all Jeremy's well-to-do, lovely middle-class friends. And then there's all of us like, on the dance floor, me and all my footy boys. It's awful. I can think of worse jobs. 
<laughs> that's just joyous. Oh, may it long, you know, may it last long. Oh, I and may hope you so. all continue to soak up the sunshine of Ted Lasso. It's joyous. <laughs> really, best of luck at the Emmys. I am rooting for you, all of you. I hope you bring it home. I really do. I'm just going to go there and have a lovely time. When you don't think you're going to win, you can just go and have a lovely time. And you're all going, it's like a really big jolly at the end of a series. Exactly. And we're all going to be there. And I'm just going to have to be careful that I'm not several sheets to the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just pace yourself. Take snacks. Take take snacks snacks down your bra. Yeah, carbs, not rats. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's it for this week. Hannah Waddingham, what can I say? What a champ. And don't forget, if you want to watch Ted Lasso, it's on Apple TV. It will make you feel good. That's all I can tell you. It's just lovely. If you've loved what you've heard tonight and you want to spread the word, please do. We love it. It truly helps other people to find and discover what we're all about. As always, this show is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Libby Niles and Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK. And our beats come courtesy of Andy Bell. I'll be back next week with more chat. Until then, take great care out there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.